Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 194. The Titans in-game media team needs to bring back the Kroger shopping cart race of Sodes. I mean, Texas Pete, not, not wrong there. You know, Jack, maybe that's what we do during an off-season episode. Uh, excuse me, an off-season Sode, uh, where we just go over the things that need to be brought back uh, it, with the in-game media uh for titans fans no matter who you had in your little coupon pamphlet you remember that everyone would go collect after the games or maybe that was oh, just yeah. like the people that my, i would go with my mom was notorious one week one week my mom sold out a kroger of coke zero because of all of the <laughs> titans playbooks Polar that she collected in section 117 of the uh of <laughs> nissan coliseum it was it's unreal she's she's the queen of it but like going as a kid, you know, it didn't really matter who you had in your coupon book because I was, I felt like for me, at least I was always pulling for Texas P. Did you oh, have a really? favorite? Oh, without question. I was a Molly Moo guy. Molly I was a Moo. Molly Moo guy for you, sure. You look like a Molly Moo guy. What's that supposed to? Are you what? Is that a fat? What? Joke? It's, yeah. No, it's not a bad look, thing. I know I've put on a little bit of weight since my no, second daughter it's was not born, about but weight. come on, dude. Jeez. It's not about weight. That... You look like you have strong bones. Okay. Oh yeah. Like I'm fighting off osteoporosis. Thanks dude. <laughs> this came, this show title came from our guy, Andrew Moore at Andrew, the Earl on Twitter. That's a great Twitter handle. Thank you, Andrew, so much for your show title. If you've got a show title, you'd like to submit for uh, our, this podcast, tweet them at us at tighten up pod, or you can shoot us a message on Instagram at tighten up podcast. We have got a sode for you. It's a uh, it's a sode where we're going to try uh, a few different things. One, we're going to try and be optimistic, or at least I am, um, because it is Colts hate week, and that is a big time on the sode. And more so, the hatred needs to be running uh, high this week more than other weeks because we are trying to not be swept by the Colts for the first time since Andrew Luck skipped town. So uh, we need a big showing from Titans fans, which is why I'm going to try and breathe some optimism back into this fan base through this sowed. Um, and uh, we, of course, are going to bring on our guy, Will Lomas, to kind of air our grievances with the Panthers game. Um, it is, you know, even though it was a win, it was a very frustrating win. I think because you were playing the worst team in the NFL and it was not a decisive victory. Uh, we'll get into all of that with will. Plus I got to give Mike Herndon some flowers. I don't want to, but I've got to, and, uh, we'll get into a bunch of other things. Uh, but before we do all of that, let's first get a word from our friends at relax the back. Christmas is coming at Relax the Back. Go get you a zero-gravity recliner. They've got arch refresh, foot massagers, neck pillows, wedge pillows, Tempur-Pedic, techno-gel mattresses and pillows, everything you need to maximize your comfort and your spine stability, you will find over at Relax the Back. The Relax the Back team, make sure you're going to wake up, feel great every day after those eight hours of sleep. They've got office chairs. 
They've got everything. So if you're looking for gifts to give to a family member or a loved one, Relax the Back is a great place to start. Go check them out. They're located at 2020 Glenico Road in Nashville, Tennessee, right next to Hillsborough High School. If you're unable to get there in person, do not worry. You can check out their showroom, which is amazing, online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. But if you live in the area, go check them out. Go lay in those uh, techno gel mattresses. Go sit in those massage chairs. Go get you a free foot massage as long as Glenn, the CEO of Relax the Back, is not looking at you. But when you go in, make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And we need that relaxation more than ever right now. I'm ready for a vacation. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but with all of that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train is coming. It's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 29th, 2023. And in the abridged words of Fox Sports play-by-play broadcaster Adam Amin, if you're listening to this podcast, you sure do love Titans football. Look, I don't know if it's possible to feel worse after a win than the way I think a lot of us feel than on, on Sunday. It was, look, a win is a win, and I, I don't ever want to apologize for the Titans getting a win. It is, they are hard to come by, and I think we as Titans fans should know that. It is, I, I, I'm much happier that they beat the worst team in the NFL than than losing to the NFL. Now, they didn't do it decisively, that's for sure. Um, which didn't instill a ton of confidence in this fan base, but it is Colts hate week. And I am going to take this podcast off of the top. I'm going to sprinkle in a heaping spoonful of optimism. Okay. And I know there's a lot of Titans fans that don't want to hear this. I I know there's, there's some Titans fans out there that were, frustrated that the Titans won on Sunday, that they want to tank. They want to get a top 10 pick. They want draft capital, blah, 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 blah. First of all, you're a loser, okay? If you're rooting, if I'm sorry, but if you're rooting against your favorite team to win football games, then yeah, you're a loser, okay? I, that's, that's just how, that's how I see it. That is how it is. Uh, Yeah, but what about the future? You're not building towards the future. What about the present? Like technically, and I'm going to say things that's going to or it's going to make people pissed off, okay? But I'm going to do it. <laughs> I am grasping at straws here, and that straw is the playoffs. It is oh, still. God. It is. Uh, yeah, I said it. I said the p word. I said the p word on this podcast. Okay. It is still available. It is still live. Now, yes, I get it. We are on life support right now. We're like E.T. when him and Elliot both got sick at the same time. They're just like barely breathing, barely gasping for air. But guess what? We're still gasping. Okay? And as long as there is air in our lungs and as long as there is a way, a mathematical way, I will be rooting for this team to edge into the playoffs. But Austin, well, if they make the playoffs, it's not like they're going to go anywhere. It's not like they're going to do anything. I don't care. This team missed out on the playoffs last year, and I don't want to go two straight seasons without them, okay? I, I want this team to win football games. Call me crazy. Call me ridiculous. But I want to see my favorite football team win football games, all right? 
right here, right now. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills for people thinking that I'm taking crazy pills for saying that I want my favorite football team to win. All right. I'm going to give you some pushback here. And I know there are a lot of Titans listeners or Titans fans that are listening right now that are, that are desperate for me to push back on this, this yeah. ridiculous yeah, they, claim. There's a lot of, a t- lot, lot of listeners right now that are like, I hate this dude. <laughs> you, you left out an adjective to describe yourself, which I would, I would throw in the ring as a uh, delusional. And you know, Austin, I understand we want to see the Titans win, right? Everybody yeah. wants to see the Titans win on Sunday. Look, everybody yeah. does. Yes, yes. But I don't think they're losers for and I'm going to I'm going to use this phrase and maybe use it going forward instead of, you know, calling people who are are looking forward to the draft pick and tanking uh, instead of calling them losers. I think they're saving their support. They're saving their support for next season when the Titans will really need it. That is Because that this is, season okay. This season is dead. Austin, would you appreciate being on your deathbed for weeks upon weeks with no signs of life? The doctors are just keeping your heart beating because they have the technology to do so. Would you appreciate that? All your family, for whatever good you've done in your life, for for how they remembered you before your visit to the hospital, all they're going to remember for the last couple months of your life is just a lifeless vegetable on that deathbed. You don't so, want them so to pull the plug. You're telling, you're saying you want to put the Titans out of their misery, out uh, of their uh, misery. You nobody, you want to take the pillow and slowly smother them no, while, no, the, no, while no, their no. heartbeat is still going. Like I mean, it's bad enough you want to push Ryan Tannehill in front of a train, but now you want to do it to your favorite football team. Like the, the, there's, there, there's, no, there's no there's no there's no foul play. There's no foul play here. All I'm doing. And you just want to be like, oh, they're uh, let's, like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> Look, nobody wants to be the guy that pulls the plug, all right? You got to live with that for the rest of your life. Was it the right decision? Was there a medical miracle, you know, waiting to happen? There's no medical miracle on this Titans roster. I'm going to okay. pull the plug, and I'm going to live mm-hmm. with that decision because it needs to be done. We, okay. They need to move on to the afterlife. The Titans need to be they, – they need to move on to the offseason. Let, let me rebuttal your rebuttal with another rebuttal, Okay. I have, uh, it was about this time, almost a year ago, last year, December 13th, I believe was the exact date. I declared the Tennessee Titans dead. Their season was over. They had lost, I think, three straight at that point after starting the season seven and uh, and three. Tannehill was hurt. Tannehill was hurt. I declared the Titans dead. I did not, I was not seeing much life out of the team. They were, they were like playing poorly. They were circling the drain and I called them dead. And you sat there and said, uh, with, with the Jaguars chasing the Titans and, and getting hot when the Titans were getting cold, you sat there and said, the objects in mirror are closer than they appear. That is a direct quote from you uh, about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, look, yeah. They may seem like they're right behind the Titans, but they're they're closer than they appear. Like they, they they're not they're not catching this team. Okay, sure enough, we all know what happened. Titans lose out. Jaguars win out. Jaguars win the division. Titans have an epic collapse that does not get talked about enough. I am now here. We are a year later, and I'm saying this team. 
can still go to the playoffs. I know it's you don't believe that. Okay? You don't believe no, it. I know you no, don't I'm, believe it. I'm, no, I'm breathing optimism into this fan base because we need it this week against the Colts. You take it one game at a time. I'm not going to sit here and say they can win every single game from here on out. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, can they win Sunday? I think they can. It it look is it are the Colts a better team? Yes. Can the Titans win? I think it's possible. And until they are mathematically eliminated, I will be rooting for that outcome. I will be pulling for this team to do something, show any signs of life. Last year's division winner started the season three and seven. Before Sunday's win, what were the Titans, Jack? They're three. They were three and seven. Thank you. Now the last year's uh uh Look, I know a lot. It, it took an epic collapse for last year's division winner to also win the division. However, all I'm saying is the Titans are in the hunt no. to be in the hunt. Okay? Hunt's over. Hunt's, hunting no. season's over. Okay. That's, here, you, don't, look, you clearly know nothing about hunting because uh, it's just I, that's, starting. That's, that is true. That is true. I've never been hunting. Listen. It's going to be tough to pull for the tank because there are four divisional games remaining. You got the Texans twice, the Colts this Whoa. week. Which Wait, you're one point on. underdogs. You're telling me that uh, technically most of your division games are still out ahead of you to where you can catch the Texans who are ahead of you. You can. Well, it's if you not win, tough. If you win on Sunday, you are only a game behind the Colts who are ahead of you. It's not tough because I'm looking at the playoff picture. It's tough because these are rivalries that you want to, you know, continue. You want to put the, your foot on the neck, but at the same time, winning that game will hurt your odds at landing the left tackle you need in the first round. And Tankathon right now has the Titans at the tenth overall pick. But Austin, I, I think you're a little—I think you're a little drunk off this win. The Titans all season long. <laughs> I'm drunk because of this win. I think <laughs> the Titans all season long, after every shot of Jaeger, after every 91-yard touchdown drive, like Will Levis had on Sunday, which is actually the only 91-yard touchdown drive of the season. The Titans, after every good thing they do, after every shot of Jaeger, the Titans always mix in a water. They always do. They don't let you get drunk. They don't even let you catch a buzz. Because after that 91-yard touchdown drive, that shot of Jaeger on Sunday, the Titans run, run past. They mixed in a water. Excuse me, they, they run screen, screened. Uh, not run, run past. They run screen, screen. They mixed in the water. They got the turnover. Okay, you had a beer. You add another beer. Maybe you're catching a buzz now. Well, wait well, wait a second. Wait a second. Because the second half comes. And the Titans chug water. They chug a gallon of water. You don't leave that game with a buzz. You don't get happy drunk like you want to be. You leave that game stone cold sober because the Titans can never take two drinks in a row without sipping a water. They can't do it. They haven't done it. They won't do it. They haven't done it in a year. They can't win on the road. They can't win big games. And that's another reason why they're underdogs at home against the Colts team that does not deserve to be favored on the road in any situation. The Titans will mix in another water next week. They will do it because they've done it for the last year and they will lose to the Colts and it will improve their draft position. And this playoff nonsense that you've come breathing into our nice podcast that we've built for years together, it will disappear. Watch it. It will I, disappear. I low-key love that take. Look, I'm trying to be optimistic i'm trying to breathe optimism into this podcast but that is a that is a solid take jack that is uh it, it because it is the titans are overly responsible 
All right. You know, they say drink responsibly. <laughs> Nobody drinks more responsibly than the Tennessee Titans. Uh, well, well, this year. Well, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. That's good. All right. Yeah. Touche, Jack. Touche. I, <laughs> they, they, they're overly responsible with their young, fresh out of college quarterback, a guy who probably knows drinking better than anyone. And the Titans will not let him cook. They will not let him, you know, take uh, take shots downfield. Essentially, if, in fact, if if, if you can't if grow, any, you can't throw. Yeah, if no, anything, said that backwards. If you can't throw, you can't grow. Right. They they have actually taught Will Levis. They and he has said this out of his own mouth that he has been told that you know on uh, balls that are maybe designed to throw deep he has been dot to check down which look don't get me wrong i think i think there's there is some uh, uh safeness to that and some uh some intelligence behind that however i i just feel like with what you just pointed out with the play calling on sunday yeah you're right it, they were not putting their rookie quarterback who we know can ball out who we have seen ball out they are not putting him in opportunities to succeed. If if you're if you're taking Will Levis and and having him throw screen passes on back to back plays, that to me is is like it's it, it, it's like going the speed limit in a Porsche. Like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you like know, the la- ladies love the deep ball. Ladies also like Morgan Wallen songs, but that's not going to come into play today. Okay. Will Levis can throw it deep. I, I liked how surgical he was in the short to, to moderate range throws in the first half. I think he finished 13 of 18 in the first half. Went on in the second half, was 5 of 10. Didn't really you know, accumulate much yardage. But I will say, not to totally defend Tim Kelly, because some of the same BS that we've been seeing uh, with Will Levis taking over, the, the conservative 3rd and 11 screen to Kyle Phillips, the, the two runs... But, you know, with a minute and 39 seconds left, Titans have a shot to add to their lead. They don't really go for the jugular. I will say there was one moment where Will Levis could have made Titans fans forget all about T- Tim Kelly's conservative play calling, but he missed DeAndre Hopkins deep down the field. He didn't even he yes. didn't throw it his yeah. way. DeAndre no, Hopkins no. had his guy beat. That would have been a huge play, a throw that we've seen Will Levis make a handful of times already. But that that I think that that missed read kind of makes Tim Kelly's work on Sunday look a little worse. Yeah. Than it actually no, it, was. It, How do you feel? About no, that? it's yeah, no, no, no. And that's fair. It's and fair and responsible of you to bring up the fact that, yeah, look, it's not, it's not like Tim Kelly's not drawing up opportunities for uh, Levis to succeed. Like there have been times where he's just flat out missed throws, but you're going to get that with a rookie. However, there have been times where he has shown this coaching staff where he can, do well first and 26 on the road in Pittsburgh and he hits a dart to DeAndre Hopkins over the middle that gets a first down on first and 26 this team is so worried about getting into third and manageable how about first and 26 getting a first down that's almost as 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 good as Alabama converting a fourth and 31 okay wow I <laughs> all I'm saying is I think that this uh there are other opportunities there was a, a ball to um uh, to Nick Westbrook Akine, 
I can't remember the down and distance. I and I apologize for that, but there was a ball that he threw. Uh, and I want I want to say it was third. It was either, I think it was third down where he threw to Nick Westbrook Akine on a little slant route over the middle. Beautiful ball. Nick Westbrook caught it and got the first down. Converted. He made a couple like, of great catches on Sunday. Yeah, like I'm saying, like like Will is constantly like I don't know what more he has to show this coaching staff to 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 let them see that. You've got a dog. You've got a guy who can who can make plays like like the like Joe Burrow esque type plays like you know and and like I feel like Titans fans like we've been wanting that and look I, I did I think we had we had a very good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill okay and I I I truly believe that but now I feel like we have a quarterback who can be even greater I think he can be one of the top quarterbacks in the league if you will just allow him to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league and if you're hampering him with throwing to the sidelines on third and long or uh hell even third and short i feel like you're not giving him the opportunity to succeed and we're going to get into more of this with will lomas but I, I that to me was the most frustrating thing from sunday i i i agree Uh, I'm not being optimistic. You sucked me into not being optimistic. (laughs) Well, it's hard with this team. I'll give you a break. Jack, but but five, but here's the thing. No, I totally agree with you because over five starts for Levis, he's only thrown two picks. So why are they calling plays as if, you know, he's some turnover machine as if that he can't be trusted to throw the ball beyond the sticks on third and 10, like why they can't take the kill shot, why they don't draw up, you know, you know, the play that goes for the jugular. He's only got two, he's only thrown two picks compared to six touchdowns in five starts. And I know that number is a little lopsided with the four touchdown performance against the Falcons, but you can't discount that performance, right? I mean, it was an awesome day. It was a great win, but they need to coach him. Like, like he's a guy who has shown that he knows how to take care of the football. And there have been some turnover worthy throws. Sure. Every quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Has there, there's been some dropped picks and things like that, but I not to the level where it's like, okay, but you don't, don't want to allow is, him to keep taking shots. Well, that's the thing, though. My issue is right after he, you know, makes a bad decision, throws a bad ball, the Titans immediately say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got we got to pull the reins back here. We got to run right. the football or we got to throw yeah. a screen. They don't yeah. they don't let him they don't let him they don't they don't coach those mistakes out of them. They they just say, okay, we're gonna take the ball out of your hands instead. Maybe it's blind faith because I have literally nothing in the last 18 games to base it on. But part of me is just like, okay, they're going to see it how we see it, right? They're going to see how they're hampering their rookie quarterback. And they're, they're going to, they're going to eventually open up the playbook. They're going to, they're going to allow him to put him in, in opportunities to succeed and not be uber conservative with their play calling. Right? Like they're, they're going to do that. And look, I will give Vrabel credit. Because I have I have been very critical of his conservativeness going forward on fourth and short on your like own 30 yard line. I loved that. I loved that decision making. Even if you don't get it there, you're playing the Panthers. And that's probably contributed to their decision making. I don't think they do that against the Colts on Sunday, fourth and one from the 30 yard line, although they should. Analytics show you should go for that. It, I like oh, to call um, even more too because, like, while the tush push is really popular across the league, you know, you pretty much fourth and one is now become a given for most teams. The Titans are probably the only NFL team that can't run the tush push. 
right? Like yeah. who's getting pushed yeah. up front? You know, there are no line. tushes to be pushed on that <laughs> offensive line. That's for sure. <laughs> it is, it is bleak. It is, uh, it, there are no butts to be had there. All right. Even all of the skims underwear in America could not, uh, accentuate the booties on the O lineman ahead of you. Um, not that I'm now I got everyone thinking about the O-line. now we got bad visuals all over. Yeah. The oh, wow. Is it sexy? Is anyone getting slightly? OK, around? all right. We got to move. We I'm, just move. Asking. Move. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Jack, I stand by my point before we get to Will Lomas. I stand by my 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 take until this team is mathematically eliminated. I will not call them dead. All right. I am uh I am hoping for a miracle. I am praying for a miracle, okay? And I believe that miracles do happen. Why not us? Okay? Yeah, okay. We've got 11 games under our belt that show you why not us. But I'm throwing all of those out the window, all right? Every minute that passes in life is a new opportunity to turn it around, okay? That's a quote that I took from the movie Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. It, and and it's the, and it's true. It's true if you think about it. If that's not motivational, I don't know what is. I don't know who needs to hear this. Every second that passes is a new opportunity to turn it all around. Someone get this audio into the coaching staff of the Tennessee Titans because whatever you've been doing for 11 games isn't working, okay? All right. And the definition of insanity is doing the over the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Look, I love that they're continuously trying to figure out that left tackle position. Jalen Duncan, look, I, he did better than what the alternative was at with Andre Dillard. And I feel like last season they continuously ran out Dennis Daly because they were like, well, this is all we got. And they didn't even attempt to fix that problem. This year, I appreciate the fact that they're at least attempting to fix that problem. And I'm hoping that they can take what they did there and maybe try to apply it in other aspects of this offense to get them to score. I don't know. And this is crazy talk. This is absolute insanity. Uh-oh. More than 17 points in a game. Oh, you're asking too much. You're just asking for too much, Austin. I like how I like how like in in no game away from Nissan Coliseum, the Tennessee Titans have scored more than 16 points. And then they come home and we're like, "All right. They're back home. Let's see this offense thrive." And they put up 17 points. <laughs> but they won. Here's what I don't want the Titans. This will be my last point before we go to Will Levis. Or Will, not Will Levis, Will Lomas. Just as good as Will Levis. Wouldn't um, that be a pull if we got Will Levis on the pod? <laughs> oh, man. I don't want the Titans to turn into the Falcons of the last couple of years. And some people are like, well, Arthur Smith's the Falcons head coach. I'd take him over, right? Well, you know, they got Bijan Robinson. They got, they got pieces. They're they're really kind of coming they together. Lud- they could just find it. Ludacris is literally coming down from their ceiling. I, I Look, not a bad team to be right now. Here's what I mean by that. It feels like the last two seasons, the Falcons have been where the Titans are, right? Four and seven, four and eight, kind of counted out. Season's over for most 99.9% of fans. Um, But the Falcons, for the last two years, and Arthur Smith found a way to win like four of their last five, three of their last four, sabotage a draft pick, and come away with, you know, mediocre offensive linemen. And it doesn't really help them. It doesn't really help the turnaround. So I want the Titans to win every time they play, right? But I understand 
that that plan, my interest, may not serve them the way that I I want it to. Right? I like I want them to win, but if they win, I understand the price that it comes with because they're going to miss out on the left tackle from Penn State. They're going to miss out on Joe Alt from Notre Dame. Those are your two premier left tackles in this draft class. Yeah, We're probably yeah. both off the board at ten overall, which is where the Titans are set to pick right now. Now the Titans do have a tough schedule remaining. And I do expect the Jets and the Chargers to win a couple of games here. So I, I think that the six to seven range is still in play. But you're you're playing dangerous games with a win on Sunday. Okay. Sounds to me like you are rooting for the tank, uh, which makes sense. No, 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 no. Rooting for the team, you, understanding the tank. Yeah, you want to push Ryan Tannehill in front of a train. I get it. You probably want to push this entire team in front of a train now. Uh, but I to me, I think. I, and maybe this is blind faith as well, but I I I I think Rand Carthon, in his you know in what ten months on the job, eleven months on the job, I think he I think he's done exceptional with exceptional. his free with his free agency picks. Aside from the offensive line, which they he did not clearly did not fix. Didn't well, Dillard was his biggest one. I, that's the biggest. I know, one. I know. He 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 swung and missed there. But I, I think there were a lot of other. I love Arden Key, uh, Aziz Alshayer. Uh, Arden Key some... has been quiet all season. He did have a nice game though on Sunday. Sean Murphy bunting, uh, you could argue, is one of the best when he has been healthy. Has been one of the best uh, corners on well, this yeah, team. I, the, the bar is pretty low there. Christian Fulton managed <laughs> to set that bar. All right, on the floor. all right, Mister Pessimist. All right, li- listen. I just think I realist. Think I, realist. I like what Rand Carthon has done so far. Okay, aside from Andre Diller, I like I like what he's done. To me, if you somehow end up in the teens with your first draft pick, there's no doubt in my mind that Rand Carthon could get creative, more so than John Robinson ever did, and move up. There's a Bears team that will have two top 10 draft picks uh, in this year's draft. They're probably not going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, you think, if they if they have faith in Justin Fields. And I think we can we can all count on the Bears to bungle that entire situation. No matter who the Bears take, he will suck. Right. So I think that they will trade down out of that number one pick that they have from the Panthers. What? Who's to say that Rand Carthon won't get creative and work his way up in the draft? Like, they, I hear like you. just I, just I, by I, just by not tanking doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get back up into a spot to get your Joe Waltz to get. But your, it'll uh, it'll probably cost you a second. It'll probably cost you a second. You don't want to have to pay that price after having a bad season because look, the Titans are I, multiple pieces away. Uh, Peter, Peter Skaronsky has been a great first round draft pick. Maybe Rand Carthon is the anti John Robinson where his first round draft picks are great and his second round draft picks suck. We don't know. Like maybe that's the case. Well, th- th- I guess well, if they can get something out of Duncan, pick. this this class is going to be really special. If they can get anything out of Jalen Duncan, because Skaronsky looks like a guy who's probably going to make Pro Bowl. Will yeah. Levis looks like a franchise quarterback. Tajay Spears yeah. looks like a franchise running back. So uh, you know Josh Wiley's shown some things this season. So th- there's a lot of th- there's a lot to be happy about with that draft class. However, he missed on Andre Dillard, and that's a black eye. And we, we got all offseason to talk about Rand Carthon. Let's get to Will Lomas. Let's talk about what happened on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Just for reference, anyone who's listening to this on like two and a half speed, uh, he said, that's a black eye. Okay. Andre Dillard is oh a black eye. God. Okay. I'm just saying. How ridiculous. I, like, I just, 
I want to point that out. Uh, all right, let's get to Will Lomas. <laughs> but before we do, let's get a word from our friends at BetMGM. <sighs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code A to Z Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only new customer offer. All of subject qualification eligibility requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. Love it! Not love it! All right, we are joined now by a brand new uncle of the podcast. A, we have extended a branch of our family tree to uh, the editor of Titan Sized, a uh, fantastic site, fan-sided site to go to for all of your Titans need, and the co-host of the No Nonsense Podcast. Now, if you're uh, a true tupper, you're probably like, oh, No Nonsense Podcast. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't that Luke Worsham's old podcast? Yeah. So finally, that podcast, well, I, I mean, I guess former co-host, uh, former co-host with Luke Worsham, but now uh, uh, solely in good hands, I guess I should say, with our guy here, Will Lomas. Will, how are you, man? Yeah, good. Uh, excited to talk about the Titans and get some things off my chest. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. the right place. You came <laughs> to the best place to get things off of your chest because uh uh, I, I'll say this, Jack and I, well, I, I don't know if there's really a Titans fan that is pleased with the Titans currently, other than maybe Mike Vrabel. Uh, but <laughs> I, especially after Sunday, I, I don't know about you, Will, but coming off of that win against the Panthers, there was personally, there was nothing really good. I took away like, um, you know, I guess, Jalen Duncan uh, wasn't terrible, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot to like, it was the worst I've ever felt after a win. If that makes sense. I don't well, What was your assessment from the Panthers game on Sunday? Yeah. You know, if, if you're going to go out there and win and you get four wins and uh, we'll see how that affects you at the end of the season, do it in a fun way that make, you know, somebody like Kyle Phillips, who's led him in receiving two of the last four games, you know, Chig had a good game. Will Levis had a good game that won't really show up on the stat on the box score because of how they played. But, you know, th there's nothing memorable from this game. Like mm -hmm. Arden key got a strip sack and that's going to be your big highlight. Like if you beat a one and nine team and now one and 10 team do something fun, like, you know, <laughs> make something that ends up on a highlight reel and not just, another you know another tally in the win column because that's great if you're at seven or eight wins right now but at three wins going to four wins that that doesn't really move the needle yeah you know it feels like a jeffrey simmons touchdown catch or maybe a flea flicker would have been fun this week but uh they burned those last week in a blowout <laughs> loss um you know there's six games left in the season not a whole lot to look forward to when it comes to you know aspirations this year but 
on the other side of the coin, it's an audition period for role players and rookies and younger guys looking to expand their roles on this team. Jalen Duncan being one of those guys stepped in at left tackle. And I think all Titans fans wanted to see from Jalen Duncan was to just hold the wall, just keep Will Levis alive. Like we, we, we aren't expecting a whole lot. Andre Dillard set the bar pretty damn low. How would you assess Jalen Duncan's level of play in his first career start on Sunday? Yeah, I think he was fine. Like I, I, I didn't want to to go out and bash him on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now. I, I didn't want to like do a thread about the bad things he did. But Ramon Foster came out and said, you know, he gets a B plus, and you know, Ramon's offensive lineman. Like he, you know, I I assume he's watching and all that. Then other people were talking about, you know, is have the Titans found their left tackle? Do they have something? This guy, I, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't see it that way. You know, he should he fall started twice, got called for one. Uh, he let Will Levis get hit once, and then he got buried into his lap another time that won't get credited as a hit. But, I mean, it drove him off the spot and almost knocked him down. Uh, and that was on the first drive. So, you know, he was fine. You know, they had a nice run to the outside where he just kind of bear hugs a guy, and if they don't call it, they don't call it, and that's cool. Yeah. But th- there's a lot of technique things he needs to clean up, and I don't know that they have the staff in place to develop an offensive lineman. I haven't seen anybody come in and get better. Having said that, he's big. He's athletic. Like there, there are things to work with. You know, he didn't end up on his back or you know constantly miss assignments and all that stuff. There, there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, but let's kind of see how he does against the Colts and then kind of average the two performances. Yeah. So what what are some of your most negative takeaways from this win? Because it wasn't clean. <laughs> let's it, get it, negative. Let's do well, it. Well, <laughs> I, I just want to, you know, because you, you got to know where to start. You got to you got to know the holes to patch up. And on offense, it looked clean in the first half. Like that 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 drive with 35 seconds left on the clock where Will Levis threw the scene ball to NWI and they set up for a field goal. That, I mean, the hair on my arm stood up when I saw that happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, Will Levis can execute an offense and you know with 35 seconds on the clock to get a field goal this is this is beautiful he's way ahead of where he should be but then in the second half he completes just five passes they do nothing on offense whether it's running the football or throwing the football although Derrick Henry did get going a little bit late so what what are some of the biggest take the biggest areas where the Titans need improvement that kind of popped up on Sunday in your opinion yeah okay so let's go to the drive before the field goal drive cuz i tweeted about this earlier and there's there's a sequence i think it's a minute and 34 seconds left when they get the ball they have 139 yes yes i'm glad you're going here yeah and they run the ball twice two Mm -hmm. times and i don't nope nobody cares nobody criticizes it which is so strange to me then levis throws the ball to uh to tajay sharp down the sideline and tajay spears i do that every time uh to spears down the sideline and you gotta put a dollar in the jar will that's right. <laughs> run up front of my tab. Uh, but everybody's like, it's a hospital ball from Levis. And yeah, like it was not, I mean, he should have thrown it flatter, but at the same time, don't put him in that position. You know, yeah. it, you see what you should have done when they only had 30 seconds to move the ball. Like uh, there's a plan in place and running the ball twice when you have one timeout is the ultimate. We have no confidence in Will Levis to do this. We're going to try yeah. to make this as easy as possible. And then when they're forced to have confidence in him, he does it right. And he, he moves the ball effectively. And they get that, that's, ball. that's the thing I don't understand. I, I don't understand how 
Will Levis has the debut that he has in his very first game. And I feel like since then, this coaching staff has almost thrown kind of handcuffs on him and not allowed him to succeed, or at least not put him in the opportunities to succeed. Like to, with a minute and 39 seconds on the clock, and you run the ball twice to start a drive, and not even to Derrick Henry, but to Tajay Spears, like, I just did not... I did not understand that play calling. And for as much as I want to like Tim Kelly, and I do, I want to like him. He's making it very hard not to just with mm-hmm. not just his play calls, but the, the effectiveness of his, his offense. Look, he's, I think he's, he, he's very innovative and he's, he's creative. And I think he does some really cool things. And I think with talented players, the things he wants to do will be executed better. However, I feel like this offense is not getting better from week to week. And I feel like he's not playing to this team's strengths, mainly allowing his quarterback to go out and, and, and do the things that we know he's capable of doing. Like they're, you know, when they get to the red zone, they're, they're handing the ball off on a draw play to Tajay Spears in the red zone on third and 10, like against the Steelers. Like I, it's like little things like that, that I just, I don't understand. And, and then you compare his offensive output numbers, like points per game and everything, you know, offensive yards per game. And it's worse than Todd Downing, which I did not think would ever be the case. Will, where do you come out on Tim Kelly's performance this season so far? I like Kelly. Like, I'm I'm with you. He does a lot of cool things. Like, the plays that are clearly drawn up, like, we're going to set these up. They look great. But there's a – there's not the flow I want there to be in the play calling. Like – it's it, it'll look great you know levis on his seven for seven drive like they yeah. had this set which i'm not sure i've seen before where they had they were in the pistol with henry and uh 81 wiley in the backfield and yeah. they would call these just little quick passes that were like almost like side adjustments where it didn't look like henry had any idea what he's supposed to do it looked like that was a hey if you get this formation you look up to the top and it'll either be Chris Moore or NWI or Hopkins, and he's going to run a nine yard out and you're just going to throw it to him. And those worked. I think they did that three times to three different receivers and it worked. And that's clearly a, we trust you go out and do this. You know, this is a, your arm, your vision, you reading the defense kind of thing. But then they go out and they run inside zone with Derrick Henry then they'll run like a a quick screen or the flare outs to Derrick Henry. And I'm at this point, we're beyond Derrick Henry passes, right? Like on, on Sunday, they threw it to Derrick Henry and he just fell. And it's like, <laughs> look, like I, Derrick Henry on those screen passes, one out of every 10 of them, they look awesome. Yeah. But the other times they are a guy touches his shoelace and he falls. And that's not a Derrick Henry is bad thing. It's a, that's, not a natural thing for him to do he doesn't he he doesn't do well with that unless you can pull defenses off enough to where he can build up head of steam but if you're gonna have a corner right in his face they're gonna wrap him around the ankles and he it he's just not gonna pull out of it and the coaching staff has to see that and adjust to it 
There, so, there were two, yeah, there were two drives that like stood out to me. And it was one, the, the minute 39 left in the half mm -hmm. where you call two run plays, but then it was exactly the one you, you were describing was uh, right after the 91 yard touchdown drive, one of two <laughs> touchdown drives the entire day. You go out and the very next play you run, you run a botched run play that, that loses you four yards, which I understand puts you in a negative situation to begin with. And it's hard to kind of call plays out of, but they call back to back screen passes. And I'm like, you literally just had your rookie quarterback show you what he can do and march the ball down the field. Longest drive of the season. Longest drive of yeah. the season. And you, you answer that with on, on a second and 14 play, basically with back to back horizontal passing plays. Like you're not going to throw the ball vertically down the field like that. I, that to me is like, why does this coaching staff not allow Will Levis to do things that we know Will Levis can do? Same thing with the, um, I forget what, what game it was, but it was like first half, balls out. Second half, they just don't let Will Levis, like they, they almost kind of take the ball out of his hands or don't let him do things by calling, you know, uh, pass plays two yards down the line of scrimmage. I, I, I work in live and work in Chicago and, you know, like obviously like the bears are the pride and joy here. And it's a lot of the same thing with Luke Getze, just like addicted to these screen passes and not allowing your talented quarterback, like Justin Fields to do things that Justin Fields can do. And then sure enough, last night in, you know, two minute offense, he has to throw the ball downfield. He connects 35 yards to DJ Moore, looking like it's easy. I just, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm like, my head is scratching and I feel like the more I watch the Titans, the more I feel like, can they be this dense? Like these are great football minds that play that or that coach this game with Tim Kelly and Mike Vrabel. How can they not see what the, what their output is, I guess. I mean, the, so, so let's dip into the, the controversial side of this. This is a Vrabel thing, right? Like, Vrabel has always said, you know, y'all had Kowarski on last week, I think. And mm -hmm. one of Kowarski's things for two years has been, no matter who the offensive coordinator is, Vrabel will talk about how he wants to get into manageable third downs. And he hates that. And he's right. It's because everything is, we're so scared of going backwards on first down. And then let's please get into third and four on second down. That you end up with these plays that don't work and don't do anything. And then, you know, you go back to uh, like the Baltimore playoff game, the one they lost where they put up seven points or, or whatever they did, you Man, know? Yeah. 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 It's just you like you get your, your teeth kicked in with Derrick Henry running for two yards a carry or whatever, because Baltimore knows what you're going to do early. Then Tannehill had to go back and drop. And, you know, I think half of his passes were third on third downs. Like, and that's just the style of play they want is, you know, it, it's, sort of under the guise of we have to get Derek going, we have to get Derek going, but they were doing this when Derek was hurt. I, I mean, this is a, we want to be a run the ball team, which Vrabel said over and over. We want to be a, you know, it's worked for 25 years. It'll work now. That's what he said. I mean, that's his mantra is the running game wins championships. And I don't know where he learned that because he didn't learn it with the Patriots. I, I mean, so it, or maybe it's just that Brady was so perfect that you could do it that way. You could give your running game as much time as you wanted because you were going to get six-man boxes. But, you know, bring us to today. I, I, you know, I remember Tim Kelly calling the game against the Titans in week 17 where it was Amendola going crazy. And, and that yeah. wasn't a 
I'm terrified. Let's run the ball as much as possible and kick field goals. I mean, they were going for the throat. They saw Amendola as a mismatch and they kept going to it over and over and over. And, you know, Levis locks in on Hopkins a lot, which great. You know, it's like, you know, half the time that'll be great. And if not, he's shown that he can be a better defensive back than the defensive back. So like he'll, (laughs) he'll make you right. And that's awesome. But he doesn't get the chance to do that when it's so many, like, you're going to go here with the ball because it's a I think we had eight screen passes on Sunday. It, you it's, know, it's, and, it's, on, it's, be, it's beyond me. Like I don't, I don't understand it. Like I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I think at halftime there were three incomplete passes from Levis. And uh, I think it was like two drops and a misfire or something like that. And it was like right after he went on the seven for seven drive and all that. And then you look at his numbers after the game and they look, pedestrian or bad and his his average yards per attempt goes way down because when you're throwing these one yard passes and you know it just it makes everything look less impressive on the box score and then it makes everything look less exciting on the field but you look and he goes and you know he drops great passes to I think Moore had one over the middle for like I think he had two different 19 yard passes which get left off those explosive pass Mm -hmm. rate things but I mean, he had two 19-yard passes that looked nice. The pass to Aconquo up the sideline as he's getting ripped down by Burns on a on a Duncan missed block was awesome. I I, I thought if they were going to take a timeout, which Vrabel did, they should have just thrown the challenge flag to see if he got it in because he was close. I mean, you know, he probably didn't get it, but if you're going to take the timeout anyway, like let let him look at it. But you know, there there's a lot of exciting things that happens when Levis throws downfield and very little bad. I mean, he's had two interceptions all year. It's not like this guy's out throwing interceptions, you know, left and right. Like, let him throw. Uh, so I, I'm I'm with you. I don't understand why they clam up because it's not a Tim Kelly thing unless it's a Vrabel, okay, we're ahead. Now it's time to really get this running game going. And all it does is let the other team back in the game. You know, I, I found what you said about Mike Vrabel's kind of offensive identity very interesting. So – I, I imagine that you believe he's kind of meddling in the offense, kind of laying out the blueprint for Tim Kelly rather than just letting Tim Kelly do his thing. Because, you know, as we've seen with the different offensive coordinators that have come in during Mike Vrabel's tenure, it's essentially the same plan of attack, run, run, pass. And I can't get over it with Will Levis. You'd think that would change. He's got the most arm talent, I believe, of any quarterback we've seen in the Mike Vrabel era, certainly yeah. the highest ceiling. So why don't you throw more on first down? Now, they did it a couple of times on Sunday, but everyone knows they're going to run the ball at Derrick Henry on first down. Everyone in the league, they, they've seen it happen for the last five years. It's not a surprise to anyone anymore. So going back to the Mike Vrabel point, do you think that he's more hands-on than he should be with when it, when it comes to the Titans' offense? Yeah, every, I mean, in everything. Like, he's he's talked about it. Is yeah, I think in his introductory press conference, he said, if I want to call a shot play, I'll call a shot play. And that's morphed into he's gone into every position room and that's morphed into, you know, all these different things about, you know, their offensive identity where it was the Todd Downing. Like you don't want to jerk the wheel, like, you know, you don't want to jerk the wheel when Derrick Henry goes out, you want to feed your guys. And that's just because that's their, that's their way. And part of it I think is, is not really his fault because when he thinks, okay, what has worked, to, you know, what got us to the AFC championship game? What got us to those 30 point game, you know, season per game season, you know, in, in 2020 and then the good season they had in 2019, you know, he looks back and he thinks, okay, well, we ran the ball a lot and that opened up play action. 
And I think that is sort of the worst thing for him because it reinforced his ideas that, you know, the running game can win in today's football. You just have to have the right running game. And I don't think he's been adaptable enough. And I think you can see that no matter who's on the field, who's in the building, it's all the same thing. You know, the the play calling may be different in terms of it may not be all outside zone and all that, but the style of play is very much we're a run first team. You know, you listen to him after the game on on Sunday and he talked about, you know, we got to get Derek going, we got to get Derek going. And, and that's just his mentality. And when your coach insists, the head coach insists, we need to get Derek going, you're going to have to run the ball. And you can't run it on third and 10. So, you know, you look at every chart they have, and the Titans are one of the most efficient passing teams on first and second down, like you were talking about. It works. And whether that's because teams think they're going to run it on first down or just because it's a neutral down and distance that they can't, you know, cheat one way or another, it works on first down, and they just don't lean into it enough. So uh, to answer the question, yeah, I think Brable clearly had, you know, I, I, I want to clarify, I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing for a coach to do. I think it's a bad thing for a coach who doesn't understand offense to do. And that's yeah. and that's where Brable, you know, it's like every head coach, you know, nobody complains that Mike McDaniel has his hand in the offense or Andy Reid or any of those guys. Like, no, like, that's great. But they're offensive guys who have years and years of offensive, you know, schemes that have worked. They're not a guy who's been a defensive coordinator for one year. Yeah. Well, and yeah, speaking of Vrabel, like obviously like we do know he's a defensive guy and I've kind of, I feel like that should be where this team excels the most. And in most years they have, but for whatever reason this year, there seems to be a, 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 like a, a hole in the dam that is this defense. And it is leaking very badly and i not to again bring up the bears again but it the parallels between chicago bears and the tennessee titans are they're very heavy in the sense that you've got a defensive minded head coach and he comes in and you would expect the defense to be the most buttoned up thing now once the bears uh once kind of eberflus took over defensive play calling for the bears and they got Montez sweat. The defense has been very good. They turned a corner and they've been very solid. The Titans defense, however, continues to um, show no improvement whatsoever. <laughs> um, I feel like on uh, every third down, no matter the distance, the defensive backs are going to be called for holding or some mm -hmm. sort of penalty. And to me, when you're not doing the little things, right. And when you're continuously making the same mistakes over and over, yeah, maybe maybe some of that is talent, but to me, a majority of that is coaching. And I mean, you can say you can you can make the um, I guess the excuses for Vrabel and say, well, this team's just clearly not talented enough. But when have the Titans ever been talented enough? Like they they've they've got that's kind of always been their mantra of, look, we know we're not the most talented team on the field but we're still going to go up and we're going to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you at the line and that's always kind of been the Vrabel way is like like turning uh you know like more turning, with less yeah doing more with less like turning like uh uh 
straw hay into gold. Very Rumpelstiltskin-esque. <laughs> like, what is... But he's not doing that this year. And and I don't want to say, like, the luster is worn off, but that's the way it's kind of feeling. Like, what do you feel about the, the Titans' defense this year? Well, when has the Titans' defense been good under Brable? The two years Jim Schwartz was there. And I'm not saying that this yeah. is a... You lose... Because the, the Jim Schwartz conversation goes like this, no matter who has it, is... Jim Schwartz is a good defensive mind. We all know that. The yeah. Titans were good on defense when he was here. Look how good the Browns are. And that's that that's that's the wrong jump to make. It's not look how good the Browns are because the Browns have Miles Garrett. The Browns are are freakishly freakishly talented. They've invested a ton. Don't ignore that. Just look at when he was here, the style of defense they did uh, that they used, the four defensive linemen, the stunts that they used. And then look at when he left and look at the years before. They've reverted back to what the real Mike Vrabel defense is, which is the the 2020 year, which yeah. is where he was the the let's say that Shane Bowen really was the defensive coordinator. Vrabel had a heavy hand in that. And and you know, I get it, but Vrabel's defenses have never been good. They weren't good when he was the DC for the Texans. They yeah. weren't good the early years for the Titans. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why. You know, they couldn't just sit back and sit on their hands and let Derrick Henry run out the clock. How many game-winning drives did Tannehill have to have in the first two years? I think he led the league in in game-winning drives in the fourth quarter uh, in both in 19 and 20. And that's because the defense was horrifically bad. I I think the stat is they were the worst third-down defense in NFL history uh, in 2020. (laughs) Yeah, so, well, and it, what's funny is that you bring up that you bring up that Ravens <laughs> that Ravens loss mm-hmm. on on the offensive front for your your uh and, and what we forget is in that year when they averaged over 30 yards per game they're the third best offense in the NFL their defense was really bad and yeah. that that was the that was the head scratching thing about that super wild card game against the Ravens was this team is this <laughs> this team like finally the defense puts together a good game and holds the Baltimore Ravens to 20 points with Lamar Jackson, at quarterback, you hold them to 20 points and the offense just puts out 10. And that was, it was, it was even better than that too, because Lamar Jackson was really doing not a whole lot all day right. long to yeah. that big run. Uh, aside from yeah. that big run, that was really the only thing that they did the entire day. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it, that's, it's a great point by you, Will. Like, I feel like, it is like I feel maybe it, that is another one of those things where we give Rabel all this credit, but like kind of the proof is in the pudding of where this defense was well, before and, and you, Jim and going back and after. To, yeah, you know, my connection's messing up. Um, can you also hear me good? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We can hear you great. Okay, okay, great. Uh, so this goes back to one of the uh, the defenses of, of Mike Rabel is how could he do anything with a team this talent poor? You know, it's like they just don't have the talent. And right. it's like, does the does the defense look markedly less talented than it did last year? No. no. It, I mean, no. it's like you have, by choice, they went out and got Arden Key to bench Rashad Weaver, which I didn't like. I thought Weaver looked good. He had five sacks. I thought he would have looked better this year with a different role. And, you know, but that's, that's neither here nor there, but they, by choice made that decision. You know, 
they chose not to re-sign David Long. That they, you know, they picked Vrabel's linebackers with Dr. Gibby, who Vrabel has loved since <laughs> since training camp last year. And he drives PFF me crazy. Yeah, yeah, great, I mean, great like, nickname, great nickname. Look, I want Dr. Gibby to work out, but uh, this that's doctor why he's is, on the team. Uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah. feel confident that that Vrabel <laughs> picks half of the starting lineup by the best nickname he can give them. And but <laughs> you know, and it, you know, they trade away Kevin Byard. I don't, I don't have a big problem with that. I understand both sides of it where, you know, you can say he was the leader of the defense. Yeah. You know, but if he's the leader of the defense, treat him like that in the off season. Don't ask him for a pay cut. Otherwise you're going to undermine him in the middle of the season. And you know, the writing was on the wall there. I, you know, get a fifth round, fifth, six. That's cool. Like I, I understand that move, but other than that, and they, you know, it's not like they looked like world beaters with him. You've got Hooker, who's been healthy for most of the season, which you didn't have last year. Christian Fulton, who's been healthy for most of the season, and he's regressed other than the few games he had that were good. That They found McCreary's the right place to put him. He's been outstanding. I thought Sean Murphy Bunning was good for the first part of the season until he got hurt, and I don't think he's been bad. So you look at all those – I mean, that's 11 guys. I mean, mean, like you get to guys that Vrabel either picked and wanted to start – or who were on the team last year and who were good. And uh, you, then everybody cries about, well, what's he supposed to do with a team that just doesn't have this kind of talent? Sure, they have the same defense and DeAndre right. Hopkins and Derrick Henry and uh, a young quarterback with a, an electric arm. It's like, yeah, it's a, it, they have talent. Like, they're not the most talented team and they shouldn't be, you know, playoff contenders, but they should have more than four wins. So uh, this this idea that there's just a complete, lack of talent that nobody in the league could win with this is absurd to me. And it's a lazy defense that people have relied on for half the season when before the season, those same people were talking about how the Titans could squeak their way to 10 wins and win the AFC South. All right, Will, we got about five minutes left here, but I, I want to know whether or not you think Mike Vrabel is the Titans head coach in 2024. It's pretty clear that Amy Adams strong would would, would like him to be back. But I mean, every conversation we have, whether it's after a win or a loss, it just always seems to funnel back to Vrabel and everyone's got a different opinion on it. Austin and I flip flop every week. Yeah. And I will add that Diana Rossini came out with that report that, you know, this team is very confident in uh, Mike Vrabel as their head coach moving forward which sounds eerily similar to the report that was put out, uh, what, back in 2016 when this team was very confident in Mike Malarkey being their head coach moving forward. And weeks later, boom, he was axed for Vrabel. So let me, let me, let me rephrase my question. It's a two-parter. Do you think he will be back? And do you think he should be back? Ooh. So, you know, you're right about the, malarkey thing it does it does seem eerily similar to that and you know thou dost protest too much or, or whatever that kind of thing it's like you know don't come out and it, that that feel that felt weird uh and almost out of nowhere because there's only one report out there that said that he might get traded and then you know now it's gone to the bedard thing and all that but will he be back probably i mean i i've i've been a titans fan long enough i've watched the titans long enough to know that they they crave stability even when it's not a good thing, you know, even when it's you're just headed in the wrong direction. Should they? I mean, there's a lot of things that have to fall in place. Like, are you going to get an offensive line coach that deserves a job? Because that would be great. You know, are you going to 
look outside of the current staff and who's on the payroll to hire people. Okay. Like that's, that's another step in the right direction. Are you going to play musical chairs again with the coaching staff where you just move everybody one position room to the right and then you just pretend like you fix things? Because that's a terrible idea. Yeah. It's, it's almost like that stunted the growth of somebody like Chig who, you know, suddenly can't catch a ball consistently when he looked fantastic and, uh, you know, but, that, all because you're run, your running backs coach is now your tight ends coach. I, yeah, it makes because, no sense. yeah, because Vrabel thinks that tight ends coach is a pathway to future head coaching success. And so he just did, which I, I that's another thing entirely. But should he be the head coach? I, I mean, unless they, they have the chance to go out and get one of the good offensive coordinators. I mean, I guess like, uh, you know. Because I think there's a head coach change that comes in the next 13 months, you know, whether it's this year or next year, you look at the coaches through history, you know, through the last 30 years, I had somebody look this up for me, Uh, coaches that have won five games or fewer this far into their career, they almost all fail. I think there's, I think Marvin Lewis is the only one and he coached 10 more seasons after that, who kind of circled the drain and did okay things. But the rest of them were all failures that were fired two years later. Once you lose a team and once you enter this sort of rebuild phase, you just don't pull out of it. Like, you you know, you just, it just doesn't happen historically. So I think, I think Amy loves him and I think he does stay, but should he stay? I mean, if the Patriots offer a first round pick in any year for him, just one of them, sell him, send him on his way today. So about 120 seconds left. Uh, You do not think that uh, Miss Amy pulls a shocker of a move, much like she did about a year ago this month uh, with the canning of anyone, whether it be on the uh, staff uh, off head coach cough or uh, any anywhere else uh, with uh, you know with if they continue to lose I think if they get embarrassed by the Texans twice yes then I think I think everything is up for debate I think if they would have lost to Atlanta in the throwbacks that we would be getting a lot different reports I, I don't think that it would have been him fired right then but I think she would have been upset for her big 200 Titans reunion celebration and then to come out and get worked over by a backup quarterback. I think she would have lost her mind. Um, I'm already but, dreading how, how much, how bad we're going to look in the, in the Oilers uniforms against the team that we stole them from basically. Uh, that, that's how you get change. Yeah. Yeah. True. No, it is. Will, uh, we love change around here, which is why we have added you to our family tree, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast this week, man. Yeah, guys. I appreciate it. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. All right, before we get out of here, got to uh, mention a couple of quick things. Uh, one, Mike Herndon, I got to give him his flowers. Ugh, it makes me sick. All Gross. right. And look, Mike, if you're listening, okay. Flowers, you, not marijuana, because yeah, he is you, a drug you, dealer. You can't smoke these flowers. All right, buddy. Easy with the <laughs> drug pushing. Okay. But on the April 26th episode <laughs> of the Tighten Up podcast, okay. We're taking this puppy back to April. Mike Take Herndon, me back to April, man. Oh, the good days. Yeah, right. Mike Herndon came on this podcast and said the Titans will do nothing this year. 
And I, I can't remember if I pushed back on that or not. I assume we um, both did. I think we did. I think we're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to hold your, your feet to the fire on that one. Cause I was, I was eerily confident that the Titans were going to do well, that their offensive line was going to be fixed. And you know, if they, if, if they could get a wide receiver, which they ultimately did with DeAndre Hopkins, I was feeling good. Everyone's a winner in April. Everyone is a winner in April, honestly. And that was before the draft, before they went and got Will Levis, which I remember I was not, I was not, proud with that draft pick uh trading up for a quarterback for the second year in a row um when you needed offensive line and wide receiver help um but look i and i've i've already eaten my words on the will levis i i I love will levis and i'm happy he's a titan but now mike herndon all right cool you were right okay is that what you want to hear is that what you want to hear you pessimistic jerk (sighs) anyway all right i just had to get that i had to get that out there um and um, but there's still hope, according to you. This team's not dead, okay? Oh, Until they are gosh, mathematically eliminated, I am going to be optimistic. All right, so sue me. Sorry, I'm going to be a fan of my favorite team. Okay, I, I want them. Everyone's always playing for the future. There is a pandemic in football where everyone's always looking to the future and and disregarding the present. Okay, and there are teams that are like ahead of, that are in the hunt. With the Titans, and they're like, we should tank the rest of the year. We're not going to win a Super Bowl, so we we gotta we gotta get draft capital. Oh my gosh, I'm sick and tired of draft capital. Every single draft pick is a damn coin flip. Okay, <laughs> when are people going to realize that? When is it? When are people going to realize that half of your draft picks don't pan out? And that is not that's not just a Titans problem. That's an every team problem. Okay, I, I did not Cl- mean for you to set out on this rant. By the way, Clyde edwards alaire was picked by the uh, Kansas. First of all, Kansas City Chiefs draft very well. Okay, and they pick like twenty sixth or later every <laughs> single year. Okay, so it doesn't matter where you're at in the draft. You can still draft well. Second, Clyde edwards alaire he was a first round draft pick and look at him now. He sucks. Okay? I can't believe you went to Clyde Edwards Hilaire to, to, to prove your point. I'm just saying, I'm just documented Titans failures and successes. All I'm saying, both all I'm saying it, like the draft is a coin flip at best. So let's quit freaking putting all of our stock in the freaking draft. When we've got a season that we are in the middle of currently cheer for the team. Now, not in April. That's what I don't understand. I'm sorry. Austin, all right, Austin. Yeah. The season's over, buddy. Okay. Oh, oh my gosh. We got to get out of here. Follow this damn podcast on Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram. You can follow that idiot. And I'm pointing through my screen right now. <laughs> Jack Gentry on Twitter at Jack A. Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. All right. I did this whole thing starting out a shtick. And now I'm really legitimately pissed off. <laughs> you tricked yourself. Uh, I tricked myself. I played myself. <laughs> damn it. Why am I? Why do I care so much? I'm going to be so hurt on Sunday. No, no, I'm not. They're going to win they're going to beat the colts and then i'm going to be coming to come back on this podcast on tuesday of next week and i'm going to freaking laugh in your face we got 90 seconds left jack we've got a review to read every sunday's a win-win just look at that moving forward you win that's a win you lose also a win all right let, 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 let's get to person's hat all <laughs> right we we did get a review after asking for y'all's reviews last week we got one from person's hat who gives us five stars says love the tighten up podcast his description is four and a half stars for the tighten up podcast and 0.5 stars for Buck Rising in parentheses. Real name. No, real it's not name? his real name. It's not his is real it really name. Is it really not? His name's Drew. 
Oh, what a are you kidding me? Well, hey, don't 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 say anything bad about guys named Drew. I mean, Drew's a fine name. Drew Bennett comes on this podcast all the time. Yeah, no, we do love Drew Bennett. But uh shout but out to Person's Hat. Literally followed directions. Four and a half stars to the Tighten Up Podcast, 0.5 stars to Buck. Please leave a rating or review. We'll read it here on the podcast. We appreciate all of you guys who do. On the way out, Jonathan Taylor undergoing thumb surgery tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. he can return in two to three weeks. No ta- no JT this week. That's Look, not dead yet. All right, we're got to get out of here. We love you. Until next week, tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep.